Hello, this is Beth, the producer of Totes Recall, and the show will start in just a moment, but first I wanted to share something fun. This episode is our 99th episode, which means that our next episode will be our 100th episode. Plus, it also happens to be our seven-year anniversary. So to celebrate, we're putting together something special, and I want to ask you a quick favor. We want to know your favorite moments from Totes Recall over the last seven years. You can let us know by leaving us a message on the hotline at 612 612- 208-9788, or you can send us an email at hello at totesrecall.com. Again, the number is 612-208-9788, and the email is hello at totesrecall.com. Please let us know by Friday, July 9th, if you want to be part of our 100th episode celebration spectacular or whatever we end up calling it. Thank you all so much for listening. Now let's get to the show. Totes Recall. Welcome to Totes Recall, the podcast where we talk about a movie we don't or can't or refuse to remember very well. Um, then we pause and we watch that movie and then we come back and now we are able and willing to talk about the movie again uh, with more information. During that time of watching We Ate Pizzas and Salads, my name is Dan. This is Molly. I'm also Dan. And I'm Beth. And our movie this episode is Fargo for the double respect listener opinion movie challenge. (laughs) That we challenge ourselves. We challenge ourselves to do two respected times. And this is the other one. So if you were feeling disrespected before, strap in. You're about to be respected. So hard. If you voted for this movie, we now respect you. Yep. As of the releasing of this episode. (laughs) Right now, we respect you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this movie is takes place in Minnesota, which is fun for us because we're also here. Wait, it doesn't take place in Minnesota, though. It was made in Minnesota, right? No, it takes place in Minnesota. No, it takes place here. Why is it called Fargo? Exactly. (laughs) I believe they go to Fargo to hire Buscemi and Storm. Yeah. Yeah, Fargo I believe is in North Dakota. Yes, Correct. but yeah. I believe the I believe the criming is in some way associated with Fargo. So, okay, okay, this is what I can't remember though. Is it is it a small town in Minnesota or is it Minneapolis that they are that Both. the Okay. I couldn't remember the crime. I'm pretty sure the, the crime is a kidnapping. I'm pretty sure the oh. crime mean happens not in the Twin Cities, but I know at some point Francis McDormand ends up in the Twin Cities for okay. I don't know reasons. I don't remember. That'll be interesting. I don't remember any part of the city in this. But I, I mean, most I of the movie takes place out. outside, as my remembers. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just I, her I in a furry hat. <laughs> I definitely saw it in theaters at a time when I had no notion about. Minnesota or North Dakota or anything else. So it probably actually shaped a lot of my ideas. Oh, no. To be honest. Yeah. What year do you think that was? Ooh, great question. I had to look something up, so I have spoiled for this. <sighs> oh. Abstained. Abstain. And I shall guess. 19, <laughs> no. 2000. Whoa. Two. Okay. 
I'm going to say 1997. I'm going to say 96. Wow. Price is right. And I'm going to add this uh, came out during an important year for me. Oh, Oh. 96. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Atlanta Olympics. We know. Oh, (laughs) sure. Yeah. Yeah. The Cullen brothers were like, God, Atlanta's getting so much hype right now. And they wanted to put out a movie. She would have also maybe graduated from college in 96 because you graduated from high school in 92. Yeah. Because we learned that in the My Cousin Vinny episode. We sure did. Uh, but mm. canonically, I'm only 35. That's of true. true. So, yep. Mm-hmm. And this movie, as we said, is created, written, directed by the Coen Brothers. Cobro. Um, it's a Cobro. Cobro Fargo. Of which all their movies I have seen. I have also seen all those movies. So. Cobro Cinephiles. This is also an affy. I, it is an affy. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Are you calling it an affy now? I like it. Yeah, yeah. Is that what true cinephiles? I, I cinephiles call it the affies. I see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> great. That's For great. listeners who are newer to the podcast, it all started out when Beth had legitimately seen all okay. of the AFI <laughs> best wow. movies. And that was plenty. We were all really happy with that. But then mm. Dan secretly watched the first 100 movies and he let us know that during the graduate episode just super casual and then he had the gall (laughs) to watch the other 23 movies so now he is like neck and neck with beth on our cinephile list and we have to put up with him being smug about it every episode (laughs) yes that is Is a good summary that's a great summary (laughs) yeah that's essentially a 60 second summary of that bit yeah very (laughs) <laughs> this movie is good. That is what I remember. Yeah. Uh, it is very, I like, this movie is very much like, I feel like, I'm pretty confident this movie opens with a tundra-like hellscape of frozen roads and snow to really set the tone of the heart of Minnesota winter in which this takes place. Mm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I remember that Frances McDermott is pregnant. Oh, like pretty pregnant. The character or the The character? Well, I don't know if the actor too, but the character for sure. Okay. And I know there's a moment at the beginning when the other police officer says the plates read DLR, and she was like, "Oh, maybe that's dealer." But she finds a really, which I now understand, to be not only diplomatic but very Minnesotan way of pointing out his error. Mm. Um, and that at the end she says a little bit of money all of this for just a little bit of money and she shakes her head and it's very mm-hmm. profound mm-hmm. I have one other fun fact is it from a certain website? Are no we no, oh, okay. no it's not it's from real life I no it's from real life I got nervous just the way you said it it just sounded like a preamble <laughs> no. for you wow. know certain things uh, the actress who plays the wife who gets abducted in this mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. Is played by a local who would later come take improv classes, uh, including I got to be her teacher. She was one of our students. Oh, weird. Wow. Yeah. Her name is Kristen, and she was excellent, excellent at improv, um, but it was a really long drive for her. So, hmm. um, yeah, we didn't get to see her for more than, I don't know, I think she took like three classes in a row. Um, she was great. Anyway, right shout awesome. out to Kristen. You do an incredible job. Uh, playing this character. It's amazing. Great. Great. That's fun. Yeah. That is yeah. Fun. So y- y'all might have improvised with her and not even realized it. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Famous. Yeah. I probably didn't. <laughs> hey, buddy. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> no, I'm I'm selling myself accurately, I think, just in the way that I engage with our local improv community. <laughs> well, I also saw this movie before I moved to Minnesota or was aware of it, maybe? Like... Like so you as, saw this pre-meeting your now wife, no big deal. Probably. And you like saw this prob- pre-living with your friend from college, or not living necessarily, but knowing your friend from college from, from here, no big deal. Pre that, because I remember, okay. yes, my, my good Minnesotan friend in college, um, shout out to Nick from Maple Grove. Hey! <laughs> hey! R- raged against this movie in college <laughs> um, because he thought, you know, everybody that was not, it, it, it made everybody think that everybody from Minnesota sounded um, a certain way. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, Try being a Southerner, but yeah. go on. Which he also had, I mean, no big deal, Nick, but you had a pretty thick Minnesota accent. Wow. I don't think. If you do, hey, well, let me know. you'll I'm find out. In Fifteen years, maybe. Leave us a voicemail. <laughs> yeah, Nick. So we can hear your heavy Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he doesn't live here anymore, so maybe it's left him. Sure. Um. Yeah. So I mean, it certainly gave me an uh, an inclination of the area, but I don't remember it. I don't remember it locking me into anything. I do remember mm. um the frozen hellscape. Nice. Um, of like driving, there's like a scene where she's driving around at a parking ramp and there's like a lot of snow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember at the time thinking like, that looks like a pain in the ass and then not <laughs> experiencing it till later and be like, oh yeah, <laughs> when they it haven't is. dealt with the snow yet, it is a pain yeah. in the ass. Yeah. Um, but they get yeah. to it pretty fast. Shout out to the plows. <laughs> <laughs> I wow. just don't remember really what happens in this movie at all. What do you I think remember, I remember Steve Buscemi and Francis McDormand maybe eating at a restaurant together. Okay. Wow. Or like, hey, he's at a restaurant. He's definitely in a restaurant at some point. Steve Buscemi is in a restaurant. Or a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a restaurant okay. in a hotel. Oh, there um, you go. Yeah. There's that the actor that... Okay. So then there's like two crimers maybe okay. at yep. the end. Or during the film. Uh-huh. And one of them is that guy who's like, I think he's Swedish. Um, he was also an American guy. Peter Stormare. <laughs> is he Swedish or is he like I don't Dutch? know, I guess. I, yeah. I don't know where he's from. Is he Dutch? We'll find out. That's what I was going to bet. Dutch or Dutch? Swedish? Dutch. The point is he's Danish? like, I don't know. He is one of the most unsettling European character actors that show up in movies and like that's like yeah. his whole bread and butter, right? Yeah. Is like yeah. he really leans into it, like he knows it. Uh and he's great. He crushes it all the time. Oh, he crushes. He was the best part of that Keanu Reeves Ghostbuster movie where he plays the devil for like ten minutes. Oh uh, the devil's uh, an No, that was Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> uh he was, was Oh, thinking. Constantine? Constantine, yeah. Uh. He shows up for like 10 minutes and just like monologues as the devil. And he's like so hamming it up and knows exactly what his job is in that movie. And it's amazing. Yeah, he crushes. Frances McDormand probably crushes. Oh, she yeah. definitely oh, yeah. crushes. Sure. She probably crushes. won a 
Academy Award for that, didn't she? Oh, I think oh, this was her first in. statue. Yeah. And now she's just raking them in. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's just like, just statues on statues. She Were can't they? stop. Who's she's, stopping Frances McDormand? No one can stop her. To one, she's married to no, one of the Coen no brothers. Stopping. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah, she's married to one of the Coen brothers. Jill. And I'm wondering yes. if they were married before this movie was made or Ooh. if they met on this movie. Ooh. That sounds Most like bet a... they met on set of Fargo. Wow. Just because for romance? <laughs> just because it seems sweet. But maybe they did. Maybe she's in the movie because they met before then. I don't know. Maybe she... Cobra Rope. Cobra Rope. Yep. I love it. The old <laughs> Cobra Rope. Ro- into tying the knot. Mm. Yeah. Do you think they uh, planned? Do you think she was gonna be in like they were like, oh, I'm writing this like I don't know. We're kind of kicking around this idea for like a murder movie back home, and then they got pregnant, and they were like, oh shit, and they like that made inspired them to write this entire character. Like she was already gonna be in it, but now they're like, yes. <laughs> that would be a great story if that is. How it yeah, it would. But yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah, she crashes in this movie. She is like, yeah, she's uh, she's like delightfully. I mean, she's sort of like the whole. She embodies like the whole contrast of this movie's tone, where she's like, yeah, she's got this extremely exaggerated Minnesotan accent, uh, and she's just very. She speaks with this very like, I don't know, just kind of like down home, like oh, just a just a calm. Just a nice mom, yeah. right? But then she's also like clearly the most competent like person in the movie. Yeah. Right? Who are the yeah. other cops? Ooh, great question. Is William Probably, H Macy her husband, or is he no, the husband? No, I think I think he's the husband. Yeah, is he? And he works in a business office. <laughs> yeah, good. A, yes, car I love salesman, that. right? Car no. salesman. Yes. And this is we should say this is based on a real news. Is it? I don't it think says yeah. that, but it's not really. It yeah. says it, it at is. the beginning, but it's. It it's says not. at the beginning it's based on true events, but it's not really based. Yeah, on they true open events. every Best season bet. of the show that way too. But I thought the movie was for reals. I don't think so. I think they just did that to be cheeky. Mm. Yeah, wow. that is cheeky. Mm-hmm. They got me. I got mm. punked. You got punked by the Cobros. You got <laughs> a Cobro. 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 They pulled the. Oh Co- my God, bro! Over your head, you got yeah. bitten by the cobra. This is all. These are all well, terrible. That's good. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> well, Molly will confirm. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I sure will. Uh, wow! I thought. I was so this, Beth, why, Beth? What do you think the crime is? If you barely mm-hmm. remember this movie. Well, Molly said that it was kidnapping. But like, Sorry. why? Who's kidnapping who? For what? Money. Yeah. I think Always the crimers money. the crimers kidnap her okay. for to maybe get the William H Macy to do something. Okay. Or no, okay. he kidnaps. So- I really don't remember. Mm. <laughs> I love Does all of this. He fake the kidnapping. <gasps> I, oh, no. And then there's layers. So it's very intriguing. Yeah. Hmm. Lots of layers. No. Do you remember no the idea. famous death scene in this movie with the wood chipper? Is that what you're talking about? That's what I'm talking I about. I do remember yeah. that. But isn't that one of the crimers chopping up one of the other crimers? Yeah. Okay. I think mm-hmm. Buscemi's stopping Storm. storm no, other way around. Stormare's chopping Buscemi. You're gonna, yeah, that seems right. You think you're going to cast Stormare and not have him be the one operating the wood chipper? Yeah, I just remember Buscemi always dies. <laughs> <laughs> also, this is double, double 
double trouble. The old, a the old Cobro Boosh. What? Trope? Is that Cohen what that was Double for? Trouble. Oh, Double Trouble. Cobro Dotro? Yeah, Stormrare's gonna kill and Buscemi's gonna die. How is that Double Trouble? It seems like it's just the same trouble, just different aspects. Well, because if you had Stormrare and anybody, Stormrare's gonna be doing the killing. And if you had Buscemi and anybody, Buscemi's, Buscemi's gonna be doing gonna the get dying. I see. Okay. So now oh, it's double, double tropes. Cobra Dotro. Do <laughs> 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 wow, I get it. wow, 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 wow. <laughs> yeah, who's the uh, other cops? She's got a I cop, bud. I bet they are now recognizable character actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the sheriff, the sheriff is dumb, probably? Is there a sheriff involved? I feel is like she, this is one of those movies isn't where... is she the sheriff? Yeah, I think she's a sheriff. Oh. Or a... She has to work with somebody else? Because there's some, like, state lines? I think so. She's got brown. She's wearing brown. I think that's... She's wearing brown. She's got a furry brown hat and a brown jacket. I feel like this is one of those movies where she is competent and she works with a bunch of dude cops who are at least, if not dumb, just like lazy and jerks. Yeah. I think she's right? got a n- nice husband who like- I also- Oh, very that's nice sweet. and good. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Real there's sweet. definitely a, a- I feel like there's like a, you know, pleasant but dark undertone scene of her just like being emotionally- Taxed by her whole situation and talking mm-hmm. to her husband about it. Yeah. Mm. And he's like yeah. supportive. That's Dan's yeah. bet is her husband is very sweet and listens to her process the trauma that she goes through in her job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this is a comedy, for lack of a better class. I don't think so. Is it but it's like a dark comedy. I think it's, it's a like Cobra Brothers comedy. <laughs> yeah, but they've done Cobra sillier Cone. movies though that are That's not true. as dark. I feel like yeah. this is more of one of their like I think this is one of their Cobra draw draw <laughs> right? Cuz they do cuz they cuz well cuz they like they definitely I think we talked about this in the Lebowski episode like they definitely have this thing where like they do goofy movies that have sort of these dark violent moments. But then they also do these more like darker movies that have some lighter, goofy moments, and they kind of vacillate between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right? I think even the wood chipper is like kind of absurd. There's like a I leg mean, sticking out, and someone comes upon him, and he's like, uh, "Yeah." I mean, it's like yeah. grotesquely but it's absurd, like but it's like <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Whereas like Lebowski, it's like this is all very silly, but yeah. then you know they. John Goodman bites an ear off a flea and Steve Buscemi dies of a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have a breaking news alert here about the Coen brothers. Give it to me. They do a good job of making movies. They make Cobro Solid movies. Cobro Somos. This is hard. Yeah. I generally... I have... I feel like I have mostly enjoyed all of the Coen Brothers movies I've seen. I am not a Cobra cinephile, but I've seen is not a few good. of them. Lady Killers is not very good, but Hanks kind of crushes it with the assignment he's given. Um, yeah. I love Mom. Um, Molly hates the Coen Brothers, or she is. Molly's waiting. a known Cobra hoter. I'm just, I'm just hoping it'll all stop at some point. Well, here's something that we always talk about. 
Um, and it's do women talk to each other? Like <laughs> to Walls test is what I'm talking about. Coming at you. We got Francis McDormand named. I sure hope so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna I, say I'm yes. gonna have faith. Yeah, yeah, I have faith. She'll say talk to at least one person who's named, mm. even briefly, maybe a fellow like employee. A witness. Oh, there you go. She's I mean, I talk guess. To people. Yeah, oh this God. movie is definitely like a hey, here's just some like seemingly almost random vignettes while she's trying to figure this whole shit out. So there's a yeah. chance that one of those people she talks to is a named woman. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not confident. I'm gonna say no. Or like a like administrative at the sheriff's office. Sure, like hey Doris, oh hey, you got a call on line two. It's uh, it's not a man. It's the oh, husband. <laughs> oh right, it has to, yeah, it has to be not a man. Yeah, the coffee machine's out, so you gotta go. Oh Wawa. yeah, all right. Oh, yeah, we gotta go to what? Oh Wawa. I've been watching too much Mayor of Easttown. Oh my god, my wrong one. regional reference. Yeah. <laughs> Molly's bet when we come back, we're going to have Minnesotan accents strong. Have? More. <laughs> I've already been oh. talking like now. this the whole time, Molly. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Have some hot dish. Oh, oh, oh Molly's bet. Somebody says hot dish. Hot dish? Okay. You think anyone yes. says bars? Bars. Ooh, I bars. hope so. God, Nine I bars. hope someone says bars. Seven For anyone bars. outside of Minnesota, hot dish is casserole, yeah. basically. But it usually Ooh. has tater tots on top. I should have saved this. Sure. Uh, spoiler alert for the past. We talked about Minnesota and her bones content, but I should have saved this today. We taught our child duck, duck, gray duck mm-hmm. this Ooh. weekend. And I really was like, shouldn't we do like duck, duck, goose? So he's not ostracized <laughs> by the rest of the country. Where's he going to go? Where's he going to go? How dare you? He's going to be a world no. traveler. Yeah, but like at what age is he going to be doing it? I don't know. Like, is he going to get into like, okay, guys, it's a company team building exercise. We're going to play Duck, Duck, Goose. <laughs> You're all 25 or above. And he's like, I don't understand. Yeah. Is that it's duck, gray duck, duck, Gray Duck? Get out. Why is, I mean, Duck, Duck, Gray Duck is. Get out of here. Absolutely confounding. You're grounded. You're never going to space. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's your plan. That's your secret yeah. plan, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Minnesota's got different words for things. It gives it an extra layer because then you can go around and you can be like yellow duck, mustard duck, oh, hamster duck, right, gray duck, right. Or you can literally say like, no one has ever you can explained say like that to great me. Great duck, Strategy. really throw some people. Uh, off. Yes, it's an LOL joke. Sure, I had no idea. It's an like extra layer. Duck, swan, loon. What? Goldfish. I mean, sure. Okay. Yeah, if you want. <laughs> when I was growing up, you had your option of duck or Blue goose. <laughs> it's 2021, Molly. Yeah. <laughs> Waterfowl no, is a spectrum. <laughs> there's no binary anymore in any sit in any situation. Yeah. All right. Whatever birds or animal or rocks. Rocks, sure. Birds of a feather can flock duck, however they want. Duck. Yeah. Igneous. Uh, it can be. Another one. Down to flock with whomever. Yeah, the exactly. Rainbow. When you're hungry at 1 a.m., goose. <laughs> oh, this oh, sounds fun. Dan. <laughs> well, how should we rate this movie? Bob? Wow. <laughs> um, we are going to rate this movie Cobro Dojo. Okay. I'm excited I, about it. Mm-hmm. 
I have some questions. Please. <laughs> okay. Okay. So in that um, word, Cobra Dojo, is mm-hmm. Dojo a dojo or is that short for two words that start with do and then Joe? Dojo is what it is. Okay. And in part because my brain just need a refresher where the thing that we were saying is what it is. Okay. So it's a <laughs> martial arts studio. Yes. That the Cohen brothers fight each other in. They Ooh. are the they are the senseis or senpais. They're like the senseis of film. Okay. Oh. Okay. So it's, like it's where yeah, or like I guess it's possible that like Scorsese would enter the Cobra like the Dojo. Dragon. Yeah. Okay. That could happen. But is he are you still required to wear like a traditional martial arts garment in order to talk film? Um, you're required to sit in a director's chair. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So mm-hmm. as cinephiles, we would be considered black belts within this dojo. <laughs> yeah. Um, within this belt. dojo, you would be maybe a yellow belt. Wow. I mean, I'm just saying, this cobras. is just a compliment to the dojo, I mean, yeah. to the Cobros. Yeah. Not, not a you thought, disregarding your... Just because you've watched all the Cobros, you think you're the same belt level as the Cobros? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You're, saying, wow. you're saying if you were learning a martial art and you're like, hey... I learned all these moves, but then you went into a dojo and I the guy was like, oh, I created these moves and I continue yeah. to create new moves. You'd be like, yeah, we should be the same belt. Yeah. What? You'd whoop his ass. <laughs> and then I put my name on the dojo. Yeah. Whoa. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no, Jojo. Oh, no, Jojo. So wait, is somebody? So you're saying that at some point someone's going to come into this dojo, they're coming for the Cobras and they will take yeah. over as like the... Darkly comic, comedic, dark. Yes. Brother yeah, filmmakers. Yeah, they'll take <laughs> over <laughs> the Cobra Kai. Yeah. Ooh, do you mm. think those two? Uh, do you think those two dudes that made Adam Sandler is a creep with Gems movie? Do you think no. they're gonna come for the dojo? Do you think that's their whole oh, thing? They're, they're trying to. Oh, they're gonna try, but they're not. They're gonna, gonna be train. To... I don't oh, know. training montage. One oh. is pretty good. I'd watch that. A training anyway, montage made uh, by some really amazing filmmakers. Yeah. Great. But anyway, you can have up to five in your ratings. <laughs> okay. Five dojos? Up to five like Cobra dojos. So it's a franchise opportunity. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Very cool. Dan, you okay. go first, as we all know. My name is Dan. I go first. Um, I remember, as I bet early on in this half, uh, this movie is good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's true. I've enjoyed the anthology series they made out of it on TV, mm, which kind of tries yeah. to tries to thread a similar tone, uh, but it's also like way more bananas because it's also tries to kind of thread the whole tone of their entire oeuvre. Um, sometimes I feel like Francis will crush, and I think it's going to be one of still one of their best movies probably for Dojos. Wow, should have wrote notes for that. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Oh, no, no. no nose. It's no. The but notes. it's no notes. I got yeah. it. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, your Hanks is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> me. Beth, it's up. me, Beth. Beth Gibbs. Now it is my turn. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. Okay. So this was one of the movies that on Facebook when it was like, "What are your favorite movies?" And I'm like, "Oh, Fargo," because I wanted people to think I was cool. <laughs> Were you still trying to impress that Chicago person that watched Rope? No. <laughs> yeah. I was probably trying to impress a boy. 
Yeah. And so I probably saw that he liked Fargo, and then yeah. I probably said that I liked Fargo. But I do actually like this movie. I just yeah, don't know that boy. it's one of my favorite movies because clearly I don't remember anything about it. Mm. So I'm going to say 4.5 Cobro Dojos. Ooh, under construction. Yeah. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. It's like like one of one of the bros is is uh, uh, supervising the construction while the other one yep. is like yeah. debating. Dojo. So we'll see Two if go. he's able to finish the project and make it a five. Right. Excellent. Now it's me. I'm Dan. Um, I am going to give it five because I am quite fond of the Cobros and this is the Affy film. So <sighs> it feels like it's going to be good. <laughs> Uh-huh. And I haven't seen it in a while, so I feel like I'm going to pick up more. I probably saw it as as closer to a youth, not a full youth. Youth, excuse me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but so I feel like I'm going to pick up more of some nuance as it threads tone, which I always enjoy a movie that straddles tones and genres, which I think mm-hmm. this is going to do. So five. Five well, well. Cobro Dojos. We've expanded. We've taken over the valley. No one can stop us. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, this is Molly. I go last. And I would normally give this a four mm-hmm. to allow myself to r- some room. Mm-hmm. But out of respect for our listeners, I'm oh, going right. to go Beal, Baggins, Bolo, Beth's boyfriend, Bananas. Five. Oh, okay. Five. I, I didn't know where that was going. <laughs> Sorry, I will never learn. I should just write it down and have it available to me. I mean, it's just as easy to remember as our phone number. <laughs> so, we should yeah. get a jingle going. Yeah, we should get a jingle going. We'll, we'll save that for the second half. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, we're going to press pause, go watch Fargo, and we'll be right back. Uh, um. Hey, listeners, I am extremely excited to let you know about some hot merch in Ooh. our heart, hot merch section of our website, totesrecall.com slash merch. I love it. Possibly also slash hot merch, depending on hot how merch. much that takes off. Uh, <laughs> hey, if you want to represent Totes Recall in your regular life or just want a very comfy, soft, nice cotton shirt... You can get one for as little as $27 that says cool things like, hey, cool it, teens. I have that one, and I cut out the collar because I'm extra cool and also over 40. (laughs) Or maybe you're just sipping on a boring mug right now. Does your mug make you laugh or remind you of good times? Watching your podcast or listening to your (laughs) podcast is probably more what you're doing. Hey, that's only $14. That's pretty exciting. Or if you want to be super meta, you could mm. get a totes tote. You set aside that PBS snoozer and get yourself <laughs> a totes recall graphic. Pop out your eyes with super fun. Okay? Yeah. That's only $20. Public media. <laughs> Public media has been cornering the totes market for too really have. long. I agree. It makes a lot more sense. We're disruptive. Yeah. Yeah. Baby. I mean, that's why we called it Totes Recall was specifically for the Totes tie-in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this was all a long game to (laughs) get a piece of that sweet, sweet tote pie. (laughs) Eat shit, Jim Lair. Yeah. And you know what? 
We also encourage you to check out patreon.com slash totes recall, where you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month or make us watch whatever movie you want us to for $25 a month. For you year. can be very cool like Michael Renner mm. and Drew City. Yeah. Both. Michael Renner and Drew, Drew City. Michael Renner and Drew City. They are patrons. Of our podcast. Yeah. No, 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 no. And we're back. We just watched 99 minutes of wood chippers and bloodshed and some humor. All right. I mean, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, I wouldn't say most of the movie had wood chippers in it. Fair. I do feel sure. like the placement towards the end really stands out. It's very like crucial. It really is Iconic what you walk out of the making. theater thinking about. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like the DVDs of conversations about movies in the 90s, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Like, it wasn't like a scene that shows up in by DVDs, but I feel like that was the oh, thing everyone talked about. Water cooler moment, movie. maybe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's good. What? <laughs> yeah, just see that you see the the wood chipper. Oh, that huh? Cobra Wacomo. Oh, Jesus, he did Cobra Wacomo. I read about it in the Wapo. <laughs> oh man! Oh, wow. Speaking of award-winning publications, uh-huh. okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's a certain award-winning segment. I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Which award? It's. Oh. oh, well, it's international and filmmakers yeah. of the hmm, <laughs> gave it the most uh, promising segment. Yeah, it's very it's very famous because we actually took the dynasty away from. Sure. <laughs> and it was a big deal. Right. So. Yeah. There's that big dust yeah. up between us and the brothers. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 60. Yeah. Summary. Get over here. So that was that in your head that was Mortal Kombat? Yeah, they're close. Let's all pump up music. Pump up the Mortal Kombat a little more. all right, who's doing it? Um I'll do it. Okay. Did I just do it? You did not. Okay, I'll do it. Right? Unless Beth wants to do it. Has Beth Two ever done it? Two episodes ago, you did it. Have I ever done it? <laughs> I have, but I'm Tweet at so us. bad at it. Okay, I can. That's what we enjoy. Okay, I'll take. I'll take. Okay. I'll tr- try. Ready? Yep. Yes. Go. All right. We got two crimers. They meet with a guy who is married to a woman. He's his woman. <laughs> His woman friend, <laughs> his woman friend <laughs> slash his wife, uh, has a f- rich father, and he's in some money trouble. So he hires these two crimers to uh, abduct his wife and use her as a um, to get some money. From. Thirty seconds. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, we have a really smart cop played by Frances McDormand, and she's like just solving things left and right, putting pieces together, and eventually. We see a lot of uh, things go awry. They kill a bunch of people, and she's figuring. Okay, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <that's>, 
start. <laughs> Ten seconds. <laughs> Actually, the, okay. and then uh, at the end, one of the crimers puts another crimer into a wood chipper. Time, he's time, mad. time, time. See, this is why you walk away with it. This is why that's the thing you walk away with with this movie. Amazing, amazing. I love it. So bad. I think we covered it. I think we covered it. There are just I, yeah. so many m- more murders in this movie than I'd remembered. Yeah, there's a lot of murders. Yeah, we barely touched on them in the 60 seconds. <laughs> like, I got into the so murders many. kind of in the second half and then realized yeah. that I had missed a whole part of it and then started questioning myself. Yeah. And then I completely broke down. <laughs> Listen, that's why the 60-second summary is award-winning. Yeah, if it were easy... I, and went well. Nobody would want to listen. You know, no. I that's laugh. Just like our podcast, I laugh when everyone else does <laughs> theirs. But as soon as I'm in that spot, I just crumble mm. into a million pieces. Mm. Everybody it's does difficult. a bad job in their own way. That's what makes it yeah, special. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> part of what makes it like, special. Far the weeds. If this were, you yeah. <laughs> if flustered. Dan, he would still be describing the yeah. frozen tundra the snow, yeah. in the first yeah. five seconds of the movie. I was. I really. Magic. I tried a different tactic this time by mm-hmm, not saying mm-hmm. we open on oh, i just wanted yeah. to give like here's what's going care. on but by the time i finished that it was 30 seconds in already yeah, yeah. well you just yeah. were so focused on those crimers uh, well they're an important <laughs> part of the movie they are they're very yeah. important played part. by they're... steve buscemi and peter storm storm award winner peter who is from sweden there it is oh very cool Wow. Maybe I saw a movie cold. where he yeah. pretended to be Dutch or something, and that's how I had that in my head. Yeah. I Well, I think we, we when we were texting uh, during this movie, uh, we remember that he was one of the nihilists in um, The Big, Big Lebowski. Lebowski. Yeah. So the I guess Cobro. German in yeah, that one? Dutch. Yeah. It's true. They're German nihilists. Deutsch. I've seen so. him in various movies, so there's a chance one of those movies he was supposed to be Dutch. <laughs> yep. 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 He's very good. He's very oh good God. and He's so scary. So scary. Yep. Because he he murders so early on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you haven't seen Fargo in a while, there's a moment where uh, they get pulled over mm. uh, as they're leaving just the Twin Cities and headed up to the Brainerd area. Are they headed to Brainerd, though? Is Moose Lake near Brainerd? I don't know where Moose Lake is. Because they were saying it was near White Bear Lake, it but must, that's like not in the. It must. Yeah. Uh, Seems like they're putting there. It's weird they're putting White Bear Lake near Brainerd somehow. Are they? Are they, or was it just like they were staying in a cabin outside of the Twin Cities, and he got hauled back to Brainerd at the end? Yeah. Yeah, maybe that was it. I mean, when she's going around the lake, I feel like she's in Brainerd, right? Because they send dispatch and. No, because she I think drives she's on her back way back to, to tr- Brainerd. Yeah, she's oh. she's coming back from the Twin Cities, and I think she decides to to do a lap around because of the loudmouth Gary's loudmouth, who but is yes. the yes. best character in the. He's chatting movie. with one yeah. of her colleagues, right, with a different Brainerd cop. But if he's near White Bear Lake or Moose, not Lake, a Brainerd cop, hmm. but like they cop. live in Brainerd. Who? The, who does? She does, doesn't she? She, she does. sure does, yeah. for sure. Marge, Marge and for sure. That guy that she's talking to on the phone. Probably. Lou. 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 Yeah, but Gary, who met the loudmouth, we don't necessarily know what jurisdiction he's in. I mm. see. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know where Moose Lake is. I don't either. Well, they said it was near White Bear Lake, I know which White Bear is Lake. north of the cities. Yeah, and not that far north. 
yeah. so that that Plus was my impression say. then is I mean Brainerd's not is that, that far. But Brainerd is like Brainerd's a good drive. <laughs> Brainerd's like northwest. Like three hours. This is the worst. This is <laughs> okay. This here's the point though. The action of local references. Okay. They love local references uh, to geography. Um, no, so I guess the whole point is is that yeah, okay. So those <laughs> murders do happen in Brainerd. So they start out in Fargo. The, they drive through yeah. Brainerd, which normally wouldn't have been anything, except they end up doing three murders on the road in Brainerd while back, headed to the back. Twin Cities. No, coming back no, from the Twin No, this is on the cities. way. No, oh, yeah, oh, right. Yeah, because they have okay. a fucking body right. in their car. <laughs> okay, so they start out in Fargo where they get the car yes. and a promise for money. They drive through Brainerd on their way to the Twin Cities. They oh, get yeah. to the Twin Cities. They do the abduction. Then they drive back through Brainerd. Yes. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't make any sense. My geography. You know, why are we trusting my geography? I don't. Why doesn't <laughs> know it make sense? Minnesota. Well, why are they what, going they, to Brainerd they... and then back to White Bear Lake? We don't actually know which <laughs> lake they're on. That was just <laughs> Gary's loudmouth making a guess. Oh. Oh. But she said that she's doing a lap around Moose Lake. And she that's said where a she lap around the, the lake. Uh, okay. And then Lou goes, mm. oh, Gary's loudmouth? Uh, and she goes, okay. yeah. Right. Well, so they yeah. might have corroborated some other stuff. Also, who cares, right? Yeah, you <laughs> know what, Let's, Beth? Can we cut out everything? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> can we cut out everything. <laughs> it's like the last few seasons of Game of Thrones. And don't think you're right about the geography, and just let the story determine where people <laughs> Fine. go. Fine. Then why do they show us the map at the beginning of every episode? I don't oh. know. Great question. Every time I felt like I was getting quizzed, I was like, okay, I know Winterfell, but I'm not sure about these other. Okay. Uh, it was a great movie. Francis McDermott was phenomenal. Okay. Podcast so over. Then. We're wrapping up. All right. So, all right. <laughs> no, uh, just trying so to shift this gears with Cobra back to the Dojos, movie. which are <laughs> Cohen Brothers filmmaking dojos, where you still yeah. wear a traditional uh, geese. Um, uh, Peter Stormare is terrifying in this movie, partly because he's somehow has no chill but is also chill the entire time. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what's it, what I thought was really interesting is that they just keep on showing how irritating Steve Buscemi's character is. Yes. And he mm-hmm. makes like as a as a viewer, he makes you frustrated. And so you can just kind of when you just see the like him silently sitting there watching him do that stuff, like mm-hmm. you can feel the frustration that he would be feeling, but times a million <laughs> yeah. you know like he, enough that he'll like murder him mm-hmm. and so i think that they did a really good job of being like oh my gosh this guy has like so much anger inside of him without showing him expressing anger at all mm-hmm. yeah and that's one of the that's terrifying is there's no lead up to it yeah there's no like storm or flicker before the warning he's just like full kinetic energy always tense yeah mm-hmm. could go at any second Ooh. Oy. yeah Oh boy, I really mm-hmm. felt for the kidnapped wife the oh, whole yeah. time. So she gets killed. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. I was hoping I didn't remember if she lived or died at, in the movie, and I was really hoping she made it through because no. her husband is the Oof. worst. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I just was so angry anytime he was on screen. Oh man, he was like so just good. how like. <sighs> He's just, he can't take care of himself at no, all. No, Macy so is so good in this movie. Like, yep. he is such a just like, 
pathetic bad man. Yeah. But he's like bad at it. He's bad bumbling. at being a bad man. He's bumbling and because of his like ineptitude, I guess, like he gets all these people killed. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Well, it's not just his ineptitude. That's what I love about this movie. It's yeah. like, it's not just like, it's be, it's not like, oh, William Macy is an idiot so all these people die. It's like, all of these people make very specific choices and it just causes more death. Right? Like, his father-in-law is like, no, I am Ugh, taking control yes. of it. It's my money. And he gets himself killed for it. Just because yeah. he wanted to be in control. Yeah. Like, Macy had nothing to do with that. He specifically tried to keep him out of it. Yep. I mean, because he was trying to steal all of his money. Yeah, uh, but also, like, we probably know he's been, he's sucked before this. So, like, the father-in-law mm-hmm. knows, like, oh, Jerry sucks. I can't <laughs> let him handle this or yeah. my wife's or my well, daughter's going to be dead. But he clearly yeah. hates him. And also, yeah. like, yeah. he doesn't. But like this is also the same father who is like negotiating with these mysterious people he'd never met that were threatening to murder his daughter. Yeah, he's like, "What if we give him half a million? Like, well, if that's the dad sucks theme, too. Right? They all suck, right? They all yeah. suck. Like, if any of them could just accept a deal, like at the end, Steve Buscemi's character, all he has to do to walk yeah. out of there, right? not only alive, but hundreds of thousands like, nearly a million dollars richer literally he's the only one who knows where that money is and he's just gotta be all like, he has to yeah. do is pay for half a car yeah like just go ahead and hand over some cash right. and leave but he's so torqued and yep. so angry yep. he won't make the deal either yep oh and then i thought Sh- uh shep was actually one of the most interesting characters mm. Um, he plays a mechanic, or Shep is the name of a character at the, um, who's a mechanic at the car dealership mm-hmm. where William H. Macy's character um, is the, what was it, executive sales manager? Executive yep. sales manager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't own the and- place. My father-in-law owns it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he just does an incredible, like that character is so interesting because you hear about him before you see him. Mm-hmm. And one of the most beautiful moments in the script is that there's been a miscommunication about whether they're supposed to meet at 7.30 or 8.30. Mm-hmm. And you think, holy crap, if that's not correct, what else has not been communicated? Right. Yeah. Like what else is going to go it's wrong? Already, it's already losing its like, coherence. It's already like everybody walk away. Yeah. Like It's already a disaster. <laughs> you know? Like... I don't know. I think even with any like client vendor relationship, mm-hmm. if it doesn't start out strong, it's probably only going to get worse. It's not a great Rarely sign. does it get yeah. better over time. Yeah. And that was oh, but I thought anyway. I thought the script was just brilliant because it created such awkward and amazing tension in the moment. But also when everything else went wrong, you're like, yep, yep. Shep didn't mention that. Yeah, and then even Shep. Is like, and then you find out that Shep didn't know about Buscemi. Yeah. Oh, can't, like he. Oh, thought, I thought he. He thought he was only meeting with Peter Stormare. I think, oh no! I think he only thought he was only vouching for Buscemi. No, he was vouching for Gurnar or whatever. Yeah. Oh. Whatever his name was. Yeah, and then he was like, Shep was like, I don't know that other guy. I'm not vouching for him. He was like yep. very clear, like that's not my guy. Yep. I don't. Yep. Yeah, because that's why at the end, Steve Buscemi is like, "Tell your friend Shep, I'm gonna nail his ass." So Steve Buscemi got brought on by Gurner, or whatever his name is. Well, then I don't understand what Steve Buscemi brought to the equation. I don't know. The willingness to drive? (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Maybe. Second pair of hands? 
Yeah, it was probably just like I just needed it. He wanted another guy there because he had to. Yeah, they're very bad at it. When they, <laughs> the scene where they kidnap Gene. Oh my God, what a disaster. Again, another disaster. It's really, I don't know, it's really funny watching him look through the window and like, and like, like, that's um, fucking Buscemi, right? He's up against the window, yeah. like putting his hands again, trying to see in the window, like for way too long. Yes. In his ski mask. <laughs> and Gene's sitting there staring at him also for way too long. Um, right. And then eventually he breaks the window and then Stormare just opens the front door. Just walk through the front door. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's kind of the tone of this movie, right? It was like funny for yeah. a moment and then it's like fully terrifying. Immediately terrifying. And yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and they make her so much real for how hard she fights for her mm. life. Yeah. That was great. Oh, yeah. that was really hard. And then there's a moment where they arrive at the cabin and she gets out of the car and she runs for her life, but she's got a hood over her head. Yeah. And Steve Fashemi laughs. And I was like, there are so many moments in this movie where the people who are directly involved who get killed kind of you almost feel okay about it right but then the victims you feel even worse for yeah mm-hmm. but like that to me was the Bashemi moment where you're like wow he really is a pile of garbage yeah yes right that he was laughing at her distress yeah, yeah. I mean he sucks right yeah like he's one I of those people this. where you're just like oh this guy sucks like yeah, the, that was a long way to get to that. The movie yeah, does a sure. good job of just like, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. Like, that's what I like about this movie is like, they give you a lot of uh, information to be like, the people who suck, you know they suck. But then like, <laughs> it almost makes it, um, what am I trying to say? But it's also like, there's no real like satisfaction when they get their comeuppance because it's just like, oh man, so much shit has already gone down. Like so many innocent people have gotten hurt just because of these assholes. And so like there isn't, I don't know, like it's not, you know, like some movies like they very much play up like, oh, the guy you hate is finally getting his. Yeah. But like this is not that kind of movie where it's just sort of like, oh, those people suck. But like, it's just this, I don't know. It's the same sort of just like empty horror that you get when the innocent people get killed too almost you know yes it was really sad what's that this movie's really sad it's dark man yeah because it's like this whole family is gutted right yeah that kid i mean his grandpa's oh, gone his, now his his, his dad's arrested and his mom all he has gone. left is uh uh the accordion king stan and the accordion king god bless him god damn it that poster destroyed me there's a poster in his room. Oh, I missed it. Yeah. In the little boy's room? Yes. Like, he was... William H. Macy's talking to him, Who, trying to assure him that things are going to be okay. After and then he it, straight the scene, up forgets that his oh, yeah. son is home, his son with a kidnapped mom. Yep. Yeah. The fucking accountant had to remind him to talk to his kid. That was... This guy sucks. He's the that worst. That was the moment. I mean, I hated him the whole time, but I was like... Oh, that's mm, so good. You failed as a dad, bro. <laughs> yeah, like he's just so. Yeah, he's like clearly just like such a shit heel. Yeah, through and through. But yeah, the kid has a huge poster on the back of his door for the accordion king. The accordion king, and is just it's just like a classic Germanic accordion. And he's so happy. On a the accordion king is so happy. Sound of music looking hill. Well, the kid's mm. got an accordion on his bed. Did you clock that as well? I did. Clock I did. That. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's an accordion player. So it's his hero. I wonder. Kid. So that, that's that's like a that's a pretty good example of like how I think that this movie gets Minnesota right and also wrong at the same time. Like there are some <laughs> things where they're just like I mean they clearly just turned it up all the way. Like oh, yeah. this is how Minnesota is, and like so the accordion thing is like totally the like polka culture within the Midwest, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. But then there's certain things where, so so there are things like that where I'm like, no kid. I mean, I shouldn't say no kid in Minneapolis has an accordion king poster in their room. Maybe they two. do. <laughs> what? I know two. I have well, I know two, and also my grandpa played accordion. But I know two people who are my age. This is real. Yes. Wow. That play accordion or have an accordion king poster. Play accordion. I don't think the accordion king is real. I hope though. God, You've I hope. Never heard. Weird Al Yankovic play music. Yeah, but he doesn't call himself the accordion king. But he is. Okay, well, I'm sure some accordion enthusiast has words about that. Yeah, you have no do. idea. I'm just kidding. This is a comedy podcast. Calm down, no, nerds. No, no. Accordion this is nerds. About, <laughs> accordion nerds. Yeah, come at us, accordion nerds. <laughs> Except for the two people that I know, because they're cool. Okay. Aww. I guess you're cool. Um, but there, but, but yeah. there are like certain things where I was like, oh, like I know. So the, the guy that they go talk to, um, or the, that police officer talks to who's like, oh, and then I, uh, he, it's a real funny looking guy and he was, you know, saying this and then I says, and then he says yeah. <laughs> like that. I says, he says conversation. Yep. I have absolutely been in the presence of that before. <laughs> oh, Gary's loud mouth is very real. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, that guy was amazing. He, he was amazing. My MVP of this movie <laughs> for sure. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's just, yeah, it was just like that perfect. Just like, I mean, honestly, like even just, this the visual even catch that guy it's like it is a perfect just like guy moving snow on his driveway yes <laughs> right like, just immediately goes back to shoveling just after talking like, outside yeah some industrial with like this grain equipment meandering story that like has a point but goes oh, in directions that it doesn't need to <laughs> yep oh i love the detail oh i God, also thought so the f- time when francis mcdormand's character answers the phone Yes. Um, and it's her old classmate calling. Mm-hmm. Mike. And they just have the most non-committal conversation. Mm, yes. I was like, yes. Oh, that was so good. When yeah, like she her friend explains how like Mike is completely lying. She he never married this other person from their high school. She's not dead. Like all this <laughs> stuff that just completely tears apart Mike's story. And he just goes, Oh, that's a surprise. <laughs> oh yeah. Amazing. I was wondering why they put that scene in there. Like, I'm sure there are thousands of essays in film school about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, have a theory. Okay. Ooh. I think it's about the ordinary badness of life. Mm. That the sort of thesis of it is to me that Frances McDormand and Norm, what's her name? Her name is um, Marge. Marge. What's her character's name? Marge. Marge, Marge and Norm have a good thing. Mm-hmm. They They've do. got a good marriage. Mm-hmm. They're nice people. They're married to each other. They're going to be all right, even though the rest of the world is insane. Mm -hmm. And I think to me that the introduction of Mike, who is this person that reaches out um, and then from the middle of nowhere or out of the blue, that's Mm -hmm. it. He reaches out out of the blue uh, and hits on Marge really hard. 
um, using these lies. The most awkward way imaginable. Oh, the most awkward. Like, it also shows her strength too, right? Because he comes and sits next to her and she's like, nope, I would prefer if you sit on the other side. You know, she keeps her her wits about her, but she's, you know, she's too polite um, to just tell him, you know, to get out of here. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, so she politely puts up with all that and turns out he's a total fraud. Um, but yeah, I think that's just about the like the neediness and craziness of people in big and small ways. Mm-hmm. That makes and sense. And she's kind of got insulated from that. That was my take. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was know. just, I was thinking about the, the fact that she's just such a, she's such a good detective. Like she can just see things right away. She's like, oh, this is how that happened. And, and she's yeah. very nonchalant about it, but yes. she didn't pick up on that. And so I was yeah. wondering if it was a commentary on um, on not being able to pick up on, like, kind of... Normal people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but she also didn't pick up on um, uh, William H. Macy's character lying to her the first time. No, sure. I think she did. You think I mean, she, she did? Came I back. think she did. She just didn't That's have true. anything to go off of yep. other right. than suspicion. I mean, how can ah. you not be suspicious of that guy? Yeah, because he's so bad at it, he's right? He's just the like worst. squirming the whole time. He's like, ah, uh, nope. Yeah. Like, oh, you sh- know what? Okay. Counterpoint, mm. she did suspect something with Mike, and she called the friend to kept to find out about mm-hmm. it. Sure. To check on his story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good detective. I don't know. I might be reaching just because I like her so much. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she is incredibly... I mean, that's kind of like the whole... Her whole character, right? Like, she's this... It's very... Like if you met her, she just seems like, yeah, it's very like unassuming, just like Midwestern lady. But it's like, oh, no, she's incredibly competent and like very self-assured in what she's doing at all times. Uh, it's a delight. Yeah, for sure. She's so good in this movie. Getting that statue. Did she get that statue? Did we confirm that? Yes. Okay. Confirm statue. Did confirm. And uh, the Coen Brothers won for uh, screen. Screenplay. It's good. Oh, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Best original. It's an incredible, tight, crackerjack of a script. Crackerjack script. Yep. Yep. She does a really good job of what I think people need, like the good the good comedy of the Cobros, which is like sort of that wild-eyed, like, oh, this is happening. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> sort of expression <laughs> of reacting to like, but like giving it, not going too crazy. I don't know. Her just like her wide eyed, like, okay, we're doing this now. Yeah. Uh, is really good. Like sipping the coffee while she's looking at this murder scene. Yeah. Uh, just like her face acting really crushes. Yeah. Like she, or like even when she's sort of interrogating William H. Macy the second time, like she does it in such a, or though actually the way, I mean, it starts when she's interviewing, um, Shep Proudfoot, where it's like she's so matter of fact, but like mm-hmm. never loses her sort of like Midwestern pleasantness. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's like clearly doing it intentionally to kind of unnerve people, but also to like keep things. I don't know, like she's simultaneously keeping things calm, but also clearly using it as a weapon mm-hmm. to kind of unsettle people <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Also, she's so brave. Mm-hmm. Like she goes and investigates before other cars arrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I mean, towards the end, just prior to the wood chipper scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, oh, I found my car. And then she's just like, all right, I'm going to check it out. She's so excited about it. My car, my car. Oh, she's so excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Real nice lady. Yeah. Oh, uh, hey, Molly's prediction was correct. Uh, It was a very Minnesotan 
a response when her colleague thought the plates were DLR. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. But the rest of the letters weren't written down. Oh, so good. And she says, I'm going to have to dis- um, I don't agree with your police work 100% there. Yeah. So thoughtful. Oh, it's so, so polite, but also very mm-hmm. direct of like, yeah. no, oh, yeah. let's let's well, correct this. <laughs> okay. Very direct for a Minnesotan, right? Yeah. <laughs> because the direct thing is like, no, that's dealer plates. But that's, I mean, that's like her whole thing, but that's what I mean. Like, she's very direct, but in a way that is like... You mean she's direct for a Minnesotan? I mean, she's direct, in, but she's intentionally direct in that way. I don't see it as like, that's just like, she can't help herself. I it's, The way she plays it with Shep and with William H. Macy, I think that's just the... She knows that's how she can get what she needs from people. Yeah, she's using her Minnesota nice as a tool. Like, that's what I mean is like, she has weaponized it. Like, I'm sure she was brought up that way, but like, she has like weaponized it. She's very... She reads to me as very self-aware of who she is and how she comes off to people. Oh, and to be clear, I didn't think that was accidental, but I did think it was reflective of the environment that she's in, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I'm just saying it's just a slight degree off. I don't think we're that far away. I don't 100% agree with what you're saying. I don't 100%. (laughs) My favorite Minnesotan correction, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, was uh, a friend. There was somebody had misspelled Minneapolis. Okay. And um, when reaching out, he was like, Oh, hey, I just want you to know, um, Minneapolis could be spelled more correctly. <laughs> could be. It could be. It could be. It doesn't have to be. Correctness. It could be. Yeah. Oh, Very just good. stop it. Just look, I know we're all <laughs> repressed and have incredible social anxiety, but we all just got to get over ourselves and just fucking talk to each other. <laughs> and I'm certainly guilty of it, too. But it's like, I hate it. It's the thing I hate most about myself. <laughs> Like, see, I, you don't seem like a very indirect person to me, Dan. Not for people I know. Mm. Oh, and not on a comedy podcast, <laughs> sure. Jeez. But when I have to like talk to a stranger on the phone about something real and adult, mm. ugh. Oh, yeah, it's like an entire day. Well, it's our Totes Recall Challenge this week for all our Minnesotan listeners. <laughs> talk to a stranger on the phone. <laughs> Just talk directly to a stranger on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, the we've been saying OGs a lot. The accents in this yes. movie are thick as hell. Thick. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, yeah. As as a my first viewing as a Minnesota resident, mm-hmm. I was like a little bit like, hey, <laughs> everybody's Sounds got like, like fucking Northwoods <laughs> vibes up here. Even like the people in Minneapolis, straight up Minneapolis, right. not even like the right. Dino. Yeah. 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 Fuck those cake eaters, am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually reference. Eden Prairie. It's actually Eden Prairie, the school district there. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I mean, it's very, it's painted with a broad brush. Yeah. Uh, but they did make this for everyone else. Yeah. No, I understand so. why they're doing it, but it just like yeah. was now, I was like, oh, okay, that's not, that's yeah. not how it goes. Like the people right. here in general, white people here in Minneapolis, you got some gentle, um, long O's and stuff, but not yeah. It's definitely in there ass. for flavor. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think the accents are much more subtle. I would say in the Twin Cities area, which, um, but I, I don't know. When I was watching it, I was like, I wonder if Gene is originally from a small town. You know, mm-hmm. that maybe that's part of her character because the other people, the dealership, in the other. I mean, my memory is that the other customers didn't have that strong an accent. It was more subtle. 
Yeah, I don't. I, the, but had I, mean, I just the, acclimated to the? Yeah, yeah like I think the, it was... the angry, like the angry guy. Oh my gosh, that that's my MVP. Is the guy who's mad at at the car dealership for being oh, yeah. sold the what is it? True, true, true coat. coat. True coat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he he just he's like, I'm. Does he say fuck? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He says Eventually, it, he kind of whispers it. He's like, he's like, excuse me, but I'm so fucking mad at you right now or whatever it and like is. yeah he like he showed there's like a physical tension as he tries to like it's so good just release that from his mouth it was very it was very like uh lutheran yeah yes. lutheran upbringing right there it's yep. just like i've you know like yeah. i am talking to another person in public but Gosh, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> and he has to like you could tell, like he did a really good job of like, yeah, like paddling like to physically build up to it. Yeah. I mean the repressed anger is felt across many characters. <laughs> oh yeah. Like anytime uh what'd you call him earlier? Willie Macy <laughs> sure. is like dealing with like when he gets frustrated, he just like kind of hits something for a second and then he's like, mm-hmm. Okay, I'm fine. But my favorite one is when he's scraping the ice. Because yes. both Molly and I made the same joke at the same time, which is that's just me reacting to the ice <laughs> on my car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's real. The, it's real. the struggle is real. Um, <laughs> oh man, I've got an opinion about what kind of ice scrapers are worth their weight. Yeah, you gave me worth one. their. Yeah, didn't I? Mm-hmm. What style you got? Because I, I got the style you've got. I think it works pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like six. They came in a six pack, and mm. I gave them away. I didn't get oh. one. Did, did I give y'all ice scrapers? You gave me one. Wow, six pack. Wow. Well, okay. I mean, guess we're not one of her six pack friends. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Five moon, but not six ice scraper. Uh, I mean, hey, maybe they just built them better in the eighties because Buscemi used one to like chop through top snow. Oh, yeah, sure. that's no. Mm-hmm. I was amazed he was able to dig so deep so mm-hmm. quickly. That was some light packed snow. I mean, he was pumped full of adrenaline at that point. So. Yep. That's true. Oh, man. Steve Buscemi goes through a lot. Yeah. Uh, the beating that he gets from Shep is so brutal. Yeah. Oh, incredible yeah. shout out to the nude stuntman, I assume, <laughs> oh, yeah. who gets thrown over a couch. Wow. Really good. Just like socks, bare ass. The. Mm-hmm. The couch flips over. It's really well done stunt. It's yeah. I it really is remarkable. I really appreciate a nude stunt. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna put it on the cast. <laughs> and it's gonna dovetail with the sentiment that we all have, which is there should be more dongs in movies. Thank you. Yes. Check more out dongs. Eastern Promises. Vigo Mortensen does okay. some intense fighting in a sauna with just like dong flailing wildly. <laughs> okay. And it is okay. It's it's like my Incredible. last camping trip. Intense. Shut oh, up. That is the God. worst thing I've ever heard. Uh, and Hanks the Hanks Award goes to. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that that episode's coming out before this, right? We're not just yeah. saying yes. nonsense? Yeah. Okay, yeah. thank God. Um, oh, I hate you so much, but, but also but I'm going to watch this movie. If you <laughs> haven't heard that episode because you haven't seen Saving Private Ryan, because I know that some people will only listen to episodes of movies yep. that they've seen. Oh. Sure. That's a reference to an award that a dad gets for dad jokes, correct? Just dad. Just cultural dad. Cultural dad. But I mean, it's often jokes, I yeah. imagine. Yeah, yeah. But that's at least but the category a, that Dan's cleaning up. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the core 
the core of cultural dads are corniness, whether it's mm -hmm. verbal, joking, or dress. Sure. There's other aspects, yeah. but I think that's I mean, your... Gary's loudmouth probably has a whole shelf of Hanks in his house. <laughs> sure. So. The ability to just completely steal someone else's time <laughs> with, <laughs> with meandering monologues. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, great new stunt, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Buscemi is again. It's the same. It's a thing where, like I was talking about, where like he's such an asshole, but he also suffers on so many levels in so many different mm -hmm. ways throughout the course of this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, which I guess is kind of the point is like all of these people suffer for as Marge accurately deflates it as just some money or just a or little just money, a little bit of yeah. money. Yeah. And I really yeah, I appreciate his line. I was like, I'm not going to debate you. I'm not going to debate you. That's like his catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, I don't know, it's such an asshole move. Yeah, like, that is such a, like, I don't know. That's such a just, like, shitty dude move. Yeah. Right? Of just, like, oh, yeah, like, turning it into, turning the argument into something that is not. Yeah. By even invoking the word debate at mm -hmm. all. Yep. You know? Molly, did you have any more real facts, or did you get them all out? Oh, I haven't even begun with the real facts. Oh, wow. Oh, did you First acquire all, these facts anywhere? You know what, though? I cannot legitimately say I even went to Wikipedia. What? I know. Let's, Listen. Wait, what? The situation is this movie, Dire. if you look down for too long, you miss a lot of information. Yeah. And my texts were blowing up. With people telling me stuff where, that was very funny. Where did you get these five other from? friends with their ice scrapers? I got them from the <laughs> internet. Just, just in general, just a general just, internet. Just a general internet search. Huh? Because I asked specific oh. questions because I wasn't, I was in a hurry. What okay. search engine did you use? Google. Oh, no. oh <laughs> Molly wasn't bored. She was Google. actually pretty focused, Typed and she was reading texts from our, her five friends. But then she went to Google.com and she asked specific questions she about. She watched. The there she goes. Movie. Over. Now Google knows everything. <laughs> they already do. They know everything. Um, thank you. Thank you. So. First, her question was, is it really based on true events? Yep. Answer is yes and no. Hmm. I'm listening. It's not based <laughs> on any singular series of events. And in fact, there's a disclaimer at the end of the movie that says the entire thing is fictitious. Mm. But the Coen brothers were inspired by two separate crimes. Okay. okay. One crime occurred in Connecticut where a man killed his wife and put her through a wood chipper. Mm. So that got their attention. And then the other one is a scandal from General Motors with their accounting division, whatever that's called, the GMAC. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to lay that whole thing out for me. But yes. Yeah. So um, there was fraud being committed, and that caught their eye. And mm -hmm. in that case, what happened is a GM dealer claimed to have sold cars legitimately, but what they did is they just pocketed the cash themselves. So they sold the car to a customer. A oh, customer paid the money, but gotcha. instead of sending that money on to GMAC, mm -hmm. they just pocketed it. And then eventually GMAC was like, hey, where are the serial numbers? Yeah. As in the movie. Yeah. For these cars, you owe us $320,000. Oh, which okay. I don't know if that was the true crime amount or just the William H. Macy amount. Right. <laughs> um, but that's that was a crime that they were alluding to. Which that, is the, that's the trouble he'd gotten himself into. What does the AC stand for in that? 
I'm not sure. Okay, but it's General Motors something something. Yeah, it's like General Motors. Accounts and you know, they're, cars. They're, they're, Accounts cars. It's like they're, um, yeah, it's their... Accounts for you know, cars. You buy from the dealership, but then there's also a financing part. Okay. And that's how a lot of the dealerships make their money financing is through staff. the financing. So that's why they always try to like funnel you through the like worst. BMW financing or whomever. Okay. I don't know. Got it. Whatever the dealer is. Okay. Great. Okay. So that was um, the actual crime that, that instigated... The, both the movie and all the crime that happened after the movie sure. starts. Like the real crime That's inspired right. the movie. Crime, prime. Prime, crime. And then yeah. the crime, prime in the movie is this fraud. That you yeah, just described. this fraud. Okay. And so he's, that's why he's got to get the money. Gotcha. And so he's doing everything he can they to get a, book a sizable movie. amount of money. What? What? Those two real crimes kind of bookend the movie, right? Oh, you got the yes. scam at the top mm-hmm. and the wood chipper at the bottom. Right, right. Yeah. Right. At the end, yeah, totally. The old Cobro crime mm-hmm. bow. And yes. Yep. <laughs> and um, the meat. <laughs> uh, Francis McDermott and Joel Cohen did mm-hmm. not meet at Fargo. In fact, they met much earlier yeah. uh, in 1983 in the aud- when she was auditioning for Blood Simple. Their first movie. Oh. Their first movie. Is she so in that she movie? was an unknown at the time. Yes. Okay. So it propelled both of them. Um, but apparently they were getting really frustrated because they were having a lot of trouble casting her character. And when she came in, they were like, oh, great. And then also Joel they was fell like, in wah, love. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. But like, did he um, did he wait till the movie was over? Or was mm, there an You know what? I, I didn't check on that. Mm. So I'm not sure. Hollywood. Um, yeah. Again, the movie was pretty enthralling. I'll have to get back to you with more details okay, later. Thank you. And to be honest, I was pretty disappointed with the quality of the article, but we'll move on from that. Uh, And then in terms of children, they have one adopted child. His name is Pedro, and he's about 26. Love it. So doing the math, his adoption was maybe around when this was filmed. But she was not, in fact, pregnant. No. Well, not. Yeah. We we don't know anything about her life, but um, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, so that was kind of an interesting moment, and it sounds like pretty cool family. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's winning awards, though. Am I right? So but in that yeah. family, in that family, what well, Pedro? I don't know if Pe- well, yeah. Pedro, I think works in PR. He's won the, the mm. for, of course. for the Relations. best segment. The p- That's sixty seconds or under. <laughs> Wait, what is Pedro our competition? What? No, it's a different division. <laughs> sixty seconds or under? Oh, I guess we uh, would be sixty seconds. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say under? I meant sixty seconds or over. Yeah, so he's not. Seconds, we're not though. direct competitors. Okay, sixty-one seconds are over. <laughs> sixty-one seconds no. are over. I'm no, sorry, no, I misspoke. I think, That's very no, embarrassing. You, I bet. I think what it, we're what I'm hearing is there is one specific category in which <laughs> us and Pedro are neck and neck. We're coming for you, Pedro, and he takes it from us every time. <laughs> Ooh, one of these days we're going to summarize something at exactly 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah, While you're, you're, you're going to get nude to thrown over it. <laughs> the preceding scene before um, Buscemi is nude, um, <laughs> I like the interaction between him and the escort when he's out oh. Oh, on a so good. date, I guess. Chan has some dinner, Peter. Is that, what they're, is that the Chan? Yeah, that's the no. Chan. Is it the Chan? But it's not in the movie, right? It's uh, not in the movie. In the movie, it's called like Celebrity, the celebrity Diner or something. A yeah. Celebrity or something. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Um, but he he just sees making small talk and he goes, like, how long you do an escort work? She goes, a couple oh, months. Yeah. Oh, do you find it interesting work? 
And she's just like, yeah. he says, do you find it interesting work then? Yeah. He goes, what did she say? Her line's really good. She's like, like she just said something what like, the fuck do you what mean are you by talking that? about? Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Which, I don't know. Yeah. Made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I, and I think the other, um, the interview that um, Marge does with the two women. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Mm-hmm. It was such a, I don't know, I think that was sort of a DVD moment. Yeah. Jessica. Oh, a Cobra Waco. Go Bears. Go Bears. Yeah, it was really great. And it was really fun for me to watch it this time because I understood all the references. Like, mm. oh, Normandale. I know that. That's great. It's a yeah. great school. <laughs> it's really awesome. Yeah, but I, I really, caught every reference. But I loved her line where she's like, he was uncircumcised. <laughs> It's like that's the one detail <laughs> she could funny offer. Looking in any other way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like she's how they so just nice like, to them. She's so patient with them. Yeah, they describe Buscemi a couple multiple times, right? As just generally funny looking. Just, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Gary's loudmouth says the same thing, right? That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, multiple times. Yeah, that was just another just like very Minnesotan thing of just sort of like they don't want to say something actually disparaging about yeah. his looks. Like it's just this very vague, like, yeah, exactly. It's like the, oh, that's interesting of what does this guy look like? <laughs> so that conversation does not pass the Bechdel Wallace, right? Because they're talking about the men. But no, Carol's like, our champion. But Carol. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Jamie. What? Her name mm-hmm. was Jamie? Carol and uh, Marge, Marge talk mm-hmm. and they pass the mm-hmm. Bechdel Wallace. Who's Carol? Who's Jamie? She works in the uh, police station. So does Carol. She says hi to Jamie, but then Carol actually responds to a question. They have a combo about skin so soft. Anyway, it passes. I I think it passes back (laughs) to back. I think it's a back to back pass. Really? No Cobro BPP. (laughs) What I'm hearing is that Dan is trying to save (laughs) face. Okay, Dan, you can have it. Hey, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mark that down. If there's one thing we learned in this movie is that if a white man stubbornly inserts himself into a situation <laughs> and does what he wants, he comes out on top. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> well. I mean, I, I genuinely, and it doesn't matter. Oh, one other just quick detail, speaking of women's names. Mm. Yeah. There's this wonderful moment where um, I think Marge is just, checking out of a restaurant or someone's leaving a restaurant and um, they're at the cashier's desk and the cashier is ringing them up and right above, you can just see like the very top of a note that says Paula found a gold Timex watch on, and it's like this little like lost and found notice. Yeah. Oh, it's so it. good. The gold Timex, it just got me. That's so, cause it, the movie play, takes place in 1986. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was just perfect. That speaking of restaurant slash hotel, Steve Buscemi and um, Francis McDormand never sit at a table together at a restaurant. But mm. they, oh. there are several scenes that take place in restaurant take there place are. in restaurants, mm-hmm. and then um, a couple scenes in hotel rooms, right? Or maybe just the one. Yeah, yeah. a couple. Anyway, so I was correct about the setting of some of the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I had forgotten you. how cold the cabin was and how miserable yeah. the cabin oh, life boy. was. I didn't. <laughs> oh, it's misery. And I breath. guess, you know, cabins on the lake, I guess, are largely made for summertime, so they're not insulated. 
Yeah, or they have like just a shit ton of wood, but that one didn't because they had the electric oven. Oh, yeah. they had the oven on with her yeah. just sitting in front of it. Ooh. Oh, that was the sad like that was really hard. Oh, P.S. Uh, fun fact: the actress who played Jean is from Fargo. Oh, oh okay. okay. So, local talent. Uh, I have a fun fact for my wife. No big deal. Wow. Because she was looking at things because she's trying to figure out if Prince was in this movie because of the credits. LOL. Uh, apparently, it was when they filmed this. It was like one of it was like an unseasonably warm winter, so they had to keep just like moving locations or using fake snow for mm. all the outdoor scenes. <laughs> oh wow! Like they filmed here in I think they filmed here in North Dakota and in Canada just to like try to follow the weather a little <laughs> bit. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like a pain in the ass. I'm sure they were pissed. They're like, oh yeah, we'll just go home. Yeah. Let's go home and film all the winter scenes. And then it uh, did it. Well, they did some of them. I was recognizing highway exits. That was fun to yeah. see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, sometimes yeah. it snows in April. That's true. There's yeah. a Prince reference. Beth, did you look up some Prince reference in Yeah, because as in the well? credits, there's, um, it, as the credits go by, the, there's a little symbol for. Uh, the artist formerly known as Prince. When he but went it's not the, the symbol, right? It's but like it's a fake not, symbol. Yeah, it's actually one, their storyboard editor or something like that. He plays it, victim in field. So I think he's the guy in the red coat that gets shot after Correct. he tries to mm-hmm. run out of the car. Oh. And um, he's not credited as himself. He's credited as Prince's symbol on its side with like a little smiley face in it oh. so it must be some sort of inside joke that <laughs> they're they have. taking the piss yes yeah. in the uk yes yes where no one is from oh from that this movie. those two victims at the very beginning were so sad just the wrong place at the wrong time really no joke that's why you don't run oh neck. Yeah, should have well, just drove past. Yeah, as fast they should have done could. the Minnesota thing and just kept their eyes straight ahead and been like, "I'm sure it's fine," and just moved on with their oh, day. Geez. That's definitely not. But they didn't like stop oh, geez, or anything. Oh, they just slowed a little bit and then they accelerated. And at first, I thought because okay, so what happens is um, the mean guy yep. doesn't trust Steve Buscemi to deal with the deputy police officer who's pulled them over, and so he shoots. Well, the I mean, Steve Buscemi doesn't have. deal with it. That is fair. Yeah, that is a really fair assessment. Yeah. yeah, for sure. He tries to bribe him. It's very awkward. Anyway, shoots him like in the middle of his head. So it's like super violent. And then tells Steve Buscemi to get out and move the body. Now, if he had also gotten out to help move the body faster, yep. they would have been done. Yep. But because he's prideful, he just sits in the car and waits. Steve Buscemi uh, is a smaller person and he's struggling with the body. And as he's struggling... Uh, two people driving in a car from coming from the opposite way see it and it's like all in slow motion where they see this guy holding a a clearly bloodied and dead officer um and they clearly see the face of the other guy and so the other guy the really mean guy just gets in the car and chases them down and at first you think they've gotten away because their lights disappear and you're like oh good they turned off their lights so they pulled over did something super clever Mm -hmm. but it turns out they had just um flipped off the road and he hunts them down and it's awful it's awful because he shoots the one guy who's like trying to run away and that's super sad and you sort of really clear clearly saw his face before Mm -hmm. but then he approaches the car and it's a young woman Mm -hmm. looks like that's just harder to take that was like that was and you know what here's the point 
I am way more sensitive to violence than I used to be. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure when I saw this movie the first time, I was just it just washed over me. And now it's just like, uh, I mean, this was no Saving Private Ryan, but it was, it was not easy. No. That's my journey. That's <laughs> plot summary, <laughs> concluding with it being all about me. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's podcasting for you. Well, before we um, get to our final reviews of the movie that we just watched, Fargo, um, we like to um, read, respond, read and respond to (laughs) questions that are asked to us on Discord, which you have access to if you choose to become a patron. For as little as a dollar a month. That's right. Patreon.com slash totes recall. That's the one. Slash dot com. Nope. nope. And here they are. Um, Amanda ML uh, asked, I remember Marge and Norm having one of my favorite relationships ever. Does it hold up with 2020 eyes? Yes. 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 Absolutely. 100%. They oh my God. Wonderful. They are the best. They're Norm- so supportive of each other. Yeah. She has Lovely. to get up early because a bunch of people died. He's like, I'll fix you some eggs. She's like, no, just stay in bed. He fucking, that motherfucker. <laughs> he gets up. He makes eggs. He makes toast. He makes bacon. Then yeah. her police car has to get a jump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He accepts it with quiet dignity. Yeah. He's going to get up, <laughs> put on his snow pants, jump that fucking car. The amount of times Prowler. he says, I'll fix you some Fix you some eggs really oh, does it so for many me. Times. <laughs> and then the fact that uh, the fact that then Marge, when Lou asks if she had any breakfast, he's like, "Oh yeah, Norm made some eggs." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I did think that was P.S. accurate that it took three times of insisting. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Norm is also apparently some kind of bird arts man. Yeah, yeah. painter who submitted it for a stamp. <laughs> And then was disappointed in which stamp he got. Three cent stamp. But But she's supportive. Oh, so supportive. supportive. She lets him know she's proud of him and that people use those stamps when the Mm -hmm. stamp price gets increased. Oh, incredible. Before the forever stamp. And you just feel at the end like they're going to be okay. They've got each other. They're literally the only healthy relationship in this whole movie. For sure. It's great. I mean, I guess Lou is fine. Like they have a good business partnership mm, her yeah, and Lou. Right. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, uh, they're all monsters. Yep. Or inconsequential. <laughs> yeah. And that, or victims. That <laughs> actor is like I swear to God, he's an ageless he, vampire. Yeah. Agreed. He's been <laughs> playing like an affable looks good for forty yeah. guy for like a hundred years, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and it's weird though, because sometimes he plays it to horrific effect, and other times mm. he plays it like Norm. Yeah. yeah, like I've seen movies where like he basically has the same cadence, but he's fucking terrifying. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but shout out to that guy. Shout out to that guy. Yep, great character actor. Dot com. Yeah, really great. All right, Eric asks. I guess my question is how you feel about the depiction of Minnesotans and whether the way you feel about it has changed. Also, police. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Also, yeah. those things. Um, I mean, well, I guess to the first point, it's changed a lot. Um, the first time I watched it, I had, had no um, personal connection to this state, and now it's where my child was born and where I've lived the last mm-hmm. nine years, and I feel some mm-hmm. 
quite a degree, I guess, of connection with Minnesota now. And so I was like, but like, if you went back, if you went back and smelled that Pacific air for like three days straight, Ooh, we could yeah, all just I'd be fucking like, surfing on oranges just all day reset. long. Just <laughs> reset. Surfing on oranges. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then also police. Yeah. Uh, Although yeah. Frances McDermott, to her credit, does some very good police work. Yes. Yeah. For she's, example, she stops a suspect instead of killing him. Yeah. yeah. She's yes. kind of what you hope police would be like. <laughs> yeah. Sort of. In a way. I mean, I'd hope they just stopped existing entirely, yeah. but that's me. Abolish it. It's fine. Um, yeah, it's um, as far as movies with cops in it go. I don't know. It was easier for me to stomach the most because they're not like sure stomping on black people and yeah, everybody and all the like time. she to I guess the movie's credit, like she pulls out her gun. Because she just knows there's a murder car and she just hears a weird noise. So you're like, okay, fair enough. And then she sees the guy shoving a body through a wood chipper and she still doesn't actually shoot him. She just tries to tell him to like stop. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then he runs. And to her credit, she intentionally, I assume, yep. shoots him in the leg mm-hmm. rather than just shoot him a dozen times in the back like cops do in 2020. Yeah. So good for what? And all the time. All the time. Yes, but like you know, even on even in fiction, I feel like that oh, happens sure. a lot more in movies where it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's just what you do. Yeah. Ugh. So good. <laughs> uh, but also burn it all down and. America is a hellscape. Uh, <laughs> law enforcement was created as a output of. Uh, the aftermath of slavery and it's all a nightmare. USA number five. This movie is fun and France McDormand is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> Does that answer Any your question, Eric? <laughs> yeah. Anybody else want to reflect on Minnesota or we want to move on? I think we oh, covered that yeah, we quite can, a bit. We, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to hear how everyone feels about wood chippers after rewatching. <laughs> mm. uh, I'll tell you a story. Okay. True story. Um, when I was in the third grade, my family moved from um, a suburb in yeah. Memphis. Nope. Greece. Uh, to um, a small town outside of Memphis. It's like a 45-minute drive outside. Mm-hmm. And we bought four acres of land. We didn't. My parents did. Four acres of land with the idea that we, as a family, would clear it and eventually get a horse. Okay. And to that end, my mom bought a wood chipper. Okay. And I will tell you right now, that wood chipper sat in our backyard. I think it may have chipped a little bit of wood, but we lived in that house for nine months and then we moved. We chipped almost no wood. Mm. Uh, And we definitely came nowhere near having a horse. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited when we moved. So, you know. When you moved away or when you moved in? Oh, when we moved away, it was so, it, it just was a really, um, it turned out to be a not fun place to live. Mm-hmm. The house was kind of cold all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, the, uh, it was a really small town. No wood chips. And I realized um, actually later, it was um, Bartlett, Tennessee, and I realized that they were 
I was really into cheerleading and I've always been into cheerleading because of this, but it turns out the year that we lived there was the year that Bartlett, Tennessee won the national cheerleading championships. Bring it on. So no wonder, but it was just that kind of town. And like, that was the kind of thing where like the arcade closed down Mm. and my friend said it was because of drugs. (laughs) and she whispered it and i didn't know what drugs were i thought that was like some kind of monster or something i had Mm -hmm. no idea so i'm just saying it was just kind of so like it's just not the most fun place to live and i was really excited when we left so when you would look out into that uncleared land you thought like what if drugs is out there (laughs) no i looked on the uncleared land and i thought this horse is a lie. This is never happening. <laughs> it was so much wooded area. Like yeah. it was an insane thought. Like that to me, I look back and I'm like, that is the most insane conjuring up of an idea that we're going to clear. It's we, very specific. this family, are going to clear enough land yeah. to have a horse. I, I appreciate the like specific sequence of events in that hypothetical, yeah. right? No, it's good to have a plan, for sure. <laughs> clear land, get horse. Yeah. No, buy home, oh, right. get wood chipper, yep. clear land, yeah. buy horse. Yeah. You were halfway there. You were halfway we there. Were. <laughs> oh my gosh, a number of steps. Yeah. Anyway, that's my wood chipper I story. I honestly had the thought uh, when we got to that scene of just like, Oh yeah, I guess I guess they're pretty powerful machines. <laughs> it's like I guess yeah, that I yeah, guess that's pretty effective. A, I mean, I feel like people get their hands stuck in there and stuff, right? I mean, people I imagine on. like newer models are designed to not even allow that to happen, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I would hope like, so. Yeah, like there's some stop mechanism. But ultimately, a terrible way to get rid of a body. It just puts it everywhere. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe he thought like it was going to snow. I have no idea. Like, I don't know what his plan was. Who knows? I don't yeah. know that he thought ahead. I, to me, the one of the other main things about this movie is it's not easy to get away with crime. Right. Crime is not easy. No. Mm-hmm. A lot can go wrong. Yeah. Ooh, quick shout out to, I guess, everyone involved in making this movie. That whole sequence where she gets out of her car, you can just hear the wood chipper for a while, is so perfect. Because like, if you mm-hmm. hadn't seen this movie before, you have no idea what the fuck is happening. Yeah. You just oh, know there's right. a weird noise happening, and you know that Peter Stormare is around. <laughs> somewhere yeah and they did such a good job yeah and they did such a good job of just like slow burning that where like you're kind of just following marge around the cabin and like even when she gets around the cabin and like she can maybe start to see it like they don't show it to you for a while oh so good oh boy such a good uh looking good looking movie this movie yeah good job roger deakins you are a king you're a king of cinematography look him up Look him up. He's done a lot of movies you think of as like, oh, that movie looked great. It was Roger Deakins a lot of the time. Awesome. Wood chippers. This was about wood chippers. This is about wood chippers. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I'm afraid of large machinery, but I'm not more or less afraid after this. Right. Now I'm pretty good now. My progress is I'm pretty good with putting my hand down the uh, garbage disposal. When you like drop a... uh, Oh, it's so dark though. (laughs) Ew, oh, I wouldn't do that. There. Really? What do you do Let's when you like tongs. drop a bottle cap down there? First of all, don't. Don't do that. Okay, accidents okay. happen. Just don't do that. What if what if it turns on and your arm gets chopped up? Ugh. I mean... Have you seen Gremlins? I've seen Gremlins. <laughs> yeah, you've seen Gremlins? No. What you do is you stare at the switch that turns it on the whole time <laughs> to make okay, sure no one jumps out and gets it. 
starts to control the switch because you're thinking about it so hard. Oh, not well, so hard. You're controlling it to stay off with your brain. You think you are, but what if you get confused? Yeah, you're not good at telekinetics yet. Maybe How you get dare distracted you? for a second because there's a loud noise behind you and then it turns on. Mm. Oh, just don't do it. Just well, don't put the bottle, the bottle cap in there forever. Okay. Here's it, teens. It will eventually time. grind up. No, it won't. Oh, no, it's teens. terrible. You're going to have to replace your garbage disposal. <laughs> You're going to have to replace your whole fucking disposal. You know what? It's going to back up. That's worth just it. the cost. It's worth it. Okay. That's the cost. Teens, first mm. of all, if you drop a bottle cap, okay, first of all, don't drop a bottle cap in there. Number one. If you do, though, if you do, because things happen, Molly, mm-hmm. look, okay, find the switch that mm-hmm. controls your garbage disposal. Rip it out of the wall. <laughs> the whole switch? Then put the whole switch, rip it out of the wall, then stick a, I don't know, hang a towel over the hole so you don't need to think about it. Over the hole Then what? stick your hand. The oh, hole in the wall. The hole in the wall, okay. I mean, the real answer is, of course, unplug it before you stick yeah. your hand in there. But like, <laughs> right. who's got time? Yeah. Everybody. It's just a bottle can. Oh, I do. I have I have time to unplug it to make sure that my arm doesn't get ripped also, off. Also, look at all of you. Look at all also, you. Also, I feel like it's rushing. I don't have a garbage disposal. I'm okay. not going to have yeah, one of those in my either. house. <laughs> those arm eating machines. Am I the only one with a garbage disposal? <laughs> you're the only one in such a hurry. You're dropping bottles. But I think down. you're dropping bottles in <laughs> the garbage disposal. No, dropping bottle caps in the disposal. Oh my God! Give that man a dead Hanks. <laughs> He's gotten so many already. Anyway, what are we talking? Are there about? more questions? Yes, yeah. there's one more. <clears throat> STG Walla <laughs> asked, "Do you think anyone has actually gone searching for that money on the roads around Bemidji?" Sounds Ooh. like yes. Yeah, I uh, my wife, no big deal, sent me an article. Um, <clears throat> fun fact. About fun this. fact from wife. It's not fun. Um, about this very topic, I guess there is, and I read the article a couple times and it confused me. So we'll maybe tweet it out (laughs) in case I get this wrong. Um, but I guess there is also a new show that's like based off of an urban legend that a Japanese woman came to Minnesota and died here looking for the lost money. Um, from Fargo? Yes. 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 Okay. From this movie. Yes. The money that Buscemi buries because it yep. says it's a true story. So blah, blah, blah. Oh. Um, but I think, I think a, uh, a woman did come here and like talk to the police and had a picture and didn't speak English and just said Fargo. So they assumed she was looking for the lost money of Fargo. And then she later died. But I think what really happened is she got... Um, I don't know, she was in a relationship with a man from Fargo that she had met in Singapore and was kind of mm. looking for him and ended up coming mm-hmm. here and killing herself mm-hmm. instead. <gasps> oh, no. So that's the so real like bummer fact. Based on yeah. some fact and then got and extrapolated then someone, Yeah, into, and now they've made yeah. like a fun treasure hunting show out of it. Right. <laughs> fun. <laughs> fun. Um, so that's the only what I know of, which is actually not, they weren't looking for it. But I imagine some right. people are. I mean, I thought um, it was a real story with real money that was still out there until today. So, but why? Here's my question, scooping. though. For people, here's my question, though. Like, he doesn't bury it that deep. Like, why would it still be out there? It's under the snow. It's not even under the ground. Like, literally, like whoever owns that land would eventually go to that fence line and be like, "Oh, what's this weird briefcase doing here?" <laughs> if nothing else, who who knows? People want to find money. 
People do things. Also, check out Fargo Season 1 to learn about what happens to that money. Ooh. Oh, oh that's right. I've mm-hmm. never seen the TV show. No? I, well, I did. Yeah. I watched a little bit of the fourth season, but I feel like it kind of veers because it's in Kansas City. It's not in Fargo anymore, what? right? Mm. Yeah. Wow. Kansas City's not in Fargo. Yes, but the... Forget it. Spoiler alert for episode something of that season. The mob from Fargo gets involved. Oh, oh yeah. Bokeem I've Woodbine's I've only seen like, the first two episodes. What's that? Isn't Bokeem Woodbine involved? I think he shows up for a little bit. I wish he was in the whole season. Shout out to Bokeem Woodbine. Wood- oh, fuck. <laughs> Beth, leave this in. Bokeem Woodbine is great. Tweet good actor. Us. Good. Cool guy. Maybe. Don't be a creep. <laughs> Beth, yeah, leave all this in. <laughs> okay. Well, wow, that's that. <laughs> Fan engagement complete. Fan yep. engagement complete. You're we welcome. Reviews, but we don't have any, so you will not mm. get full Minnesota accents from Minnesota. Well, oh, this residents. would have been a good one. I would have been very confident. In you would have crashed. Yeah, you would have. Here, been will you just do a um a review of your favorite ice cream? Oh, there you go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this Ben and Jerry's is very good. <laughs> there's little brownie bites in there and there's some chocolate Jeez. chips I don't Cheers. know, now I can't do it the pressure of the great. review is terrible you're doing great um, so our uh, rating scale as we all remember is Cobro Dojos which are mm-hmm. dojos in the traditional martial arts studio sense but this one everybody sits in director's chairs and it is for filmmaking Yes. Yeah. You can come in and challenge the Coen brothers and if you whoop their ass in filmmaking, <laughs> you get the dojo. Right? I yep. think. And I the, love it. The num- you can have more than one because you have a franchise opportunity to produce as many as <laughs> up to five is your limit. Yes. yes. Great. Great. Excellent. Thank you for re-explaining the Cobro Dojo franchise model. <laughs> yep, no problem. Yeah. Opportunities are now available. Yep. Dan, you yes. gave this uh, four. Yeah. And I was just so enthralled by your description, I didn't write any notes. Great. Uh, yeah, I think I remembered it being good, and I thought it would be good, and <laughs> like I thought it was a, probably one of the I think I said it was probably one, still one of their best movies and probably one of the best examples of like that, the Cobra toe mm, uh, that they thread of like comedic darkness. Um, and I agree with myself 100% Utah. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. I was genuinely impressed with how tight the script was. Um, five Cobra Dojos. Wow. Wow. Oh, jeez. Beth, you um, gave it a four and a half, and I mm-hmm. think I wrote the word favorite. Okay. Uh, Facebook favorite. Facebook favorite. Oh, yes, Facebook favorite. Um, Again, I agree with my high school self trying to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I I really enjoyed the movie. It was God, I wish I could so say good. that ever. <laughs> <laughs> um I, yeah, it's it's very very well done and it's a great script. 5 Cobro Dojos. Wow. 
Full Great. franchise. Full wow. franchise. Full French. Full French. Full French. I got a full French at Cobro Dojo. Oh, come on down. Oh, yeah, I got get a yourself full French a full down French. there. All right, I gave it five because I love a Cobro, and this has got the AFI. What? What? Oh, right. Oh, the AFI? Yep. Um, I forgot because okay. I'm not a cinephile what that meant. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, cinephiles I don't know. Of course you did. I am actually going to lower it to four and a half. I really I liked know. it, but it didn't quite fully pop for me. Like, there were some moments mm. where I was like dragging a little bit. Um, I was charmed by the charming parts, but it didn't quite. I wanted it to go harder on things. So, mm-hmm. still really liked it. Like, like if they killed six people instead of three? <laughs> Maybe. Or... Yeah. Wow. Four and a half. Great. Oof. Molly, but I just you... want to remind you real quick about that couch scene. Couch flip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they needed to go harder. Well, that's my rating. Oh, right. okay. Wow. Stuck to it. Mm-hmm. Not even peer pressure could change that rating. No, no, just, very firm in his stance. Just like how Jamie definitely helped it pass the Bechdel Wallace. Thank you for agreeing. Molly, you wanted you yeah. started to give this four, but then you, as you always do, uh, you remembered that we respect our listeners. Oh right, thank uh, you. And bumped it up to a five. Yep. Uh, you know what? I'm going to stand behind my five. Wow. Um, yeah. This movie, like, as I mentioned, I'm more sensitive to violence, but I think uh, they made every victim of violence and every violent act feel real enough and sad enough um, that I was like, I guess if you're going to have, if you're going to have it, you might as well make it real, make it human at mm-hmm. least. Um, and yeah, I just thought they're... Um, Script was just crackerjack. It was just absolutely perfect. Um, and I enjoyed the performances a lot. And yeah, I don't know that I would, like, I'm not eager to watch it ever again. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I did appreciate it as a complete piece. Um, so yeah, you know what? Not everything can be honey, I shrunk their kids. But I still think this deserves a five. Mm. <laughs> nice. That is a... <laughs> That is like, I mean, that's how you get yourself a, that's how you get a full franch right there is you just walk in and <laughs> sit in the director's chair and be like, all right, Joel and Ethan, let's talk about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And yeah. they'll be like, stop talking. Here's your black belt. Here are the keys to the building. Yeah. You're right. It's the pinnacle of cinema. We desperately are trying to reach that with all of our films. Wow. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. Oh, um. I just wanted to point out that this is our 99th episode. What? what? That our next episode will be our 100th episode. 100. Triple digits. That's will so be a wild. century old. Is, yeah. One whole century we've been doing this podcast. That's amazing. It's a full. It's a full. Just this one. Uh, it'll be a full <laughs> F and Afi. It'll be a full Afi of episodes. Yeah. It'll be a full oh, Afi. Yeah. So tune in to our next okay. episode. When we don't cancel the podcast wow. before our next episode. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to uh, tweet at us every day for the next month and just check in, 
and be like, <laughs> make sure we're still on. Did you cancel the podcast? <laughs> That'd yeah. be helpful. Yeah. Are Molly and Dan getting along okay? What's going on with that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Please, for the entire month until the release of the next episode, please tweet at us with your concerns <laughs> for why we might not get there. Yes. I would love to hear the reasons why you think we won't make it to 100. <laughs> Totes Recall is hosted by Molly Chase, Beth Gibbs, Dan Jaquet, and Dan Linden. Produced by Beth Gibbs. New episodes of Totes Recall drop on the 15th of every month. For more information and bonus content, visit us at totesrecall.com. Thank you so much for listening.